0: Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. I hate goodbyes. I hate goodbyes. I'm going to miss these women so, so much. This is the worst time of year. The best time of year is when we say hello to the Ronnie women. And now, unfortunately, we have to say goodbye. This was the last episode of the season. It was a great season. They gave us so many wonderful moments. Tyler Perry quotes lobsters so, so much. I'm really going to miss them. I don't think it was their best season, but I don't think it was their worst. I thought it was maybe somewhere in the middle, upper middle, I'd say. And it was fantastic. I think this reunion was really wonderful, and I wasn't expecting the reunion to be all that great, to be honest with you. And I thought it was really fun. They were talking over each other a lot, which I know that's like a reunion trope, but to me it felt like they did it a little more than usual this time. Anyway, we're going to talk about that Roni uh, part three of the reunion in just a second. Before we do, I want to touch on a couple other Bravo things that we need to talk about. First of all, below Deck Med, I don't know if you guys are watching, but they had the Queen of Versailles on. The woman from that documentary. And I'm not kidding you. It was so, so wonderful to see her on Blow Deck. If you guys aren't watching Blow Deck Med, tune in. It's great, great TV. It's just so fun. And I don't even know why I love it so much. Like, I don't know exactly what it is because it's not something that you really follow an arc with the characters, if that makes sense. But every time you tune in, it's so appealing. And I just really, really like it. So I don't know if you guys are watching, but tune in. Also, briefly, The Real House is Beverly Hills. Did you guys watch that reunion? Camille, totally short-circuited. I don't know what the fuck was going on with her, but whatever was happening with Camille, you guys, was crazy. And I hate to label anyone crazy, but I will say that I think she was crazy in this reunion. She seemed so nuts. She just reminded me of like that movie Austin Powers 3. Remember when the, or one of the Austin awesome Powers when the fembots just explode? <laughs> that was what I felt like happened with Camille. She just totally short circuited. And she was trying to kind of come at everyone and then also like please everyone. And it seemed like she had picked up some things from online, which I think Kyle had either said on the reunion or in one of her social media posts. But it did feel like Camille had like picked up things that she read on social media and then tried to like throw them out where they didn't fit in. What the fuck are you doing, Camille? like the whole <laughs> whole fucking episode. I was just watching I'm like,, what the fuck is going on? My eyes were like wide open like ramona on a catwalk. She looked like an alien invaded her body She walks like a robot with her neck sticking out like a giraffe and her eyes bulging. I mean, it was hysterical I did, not, did not understand one lick of what Camille was doing, but it was still very entertaining. It kept me on my toes. But it made no sense. At one point, she said that Lisa Vanderpump was upset that Brandy, her number one arch nemesis, was back, which was a crazy thing to say. Like, it was, Brandy was in one scene with Denise. I uh, just, everyone's like, "What the fuck's going on?" Even Denise, at one point, said like, "Camille, are she on drugs? Like, what's going on?" And then Camille tried to storm off, and then her top was coming off. I mean, it was like it was a performance if I ever saw one. And it was just shocking. Shocking, shocking, shocking. I thought it was the best episode of the whole season, this part two of that Real House of Beverly Hills reunion. It was just so crazy. That's the only word you could really say. And I again hate using that word crazy, but it what is what it was. <laughs> it was what it was. Camille. Oh my God. She's really going after that diamond. But here's the thing. I don't know that she can have a diamond next season because everyone seems to hate her. <laughs> everyone on those couches hates Camille because she seems nuts. And so I don't know how she could get a diamond. I it feels like she hitched her her hitched her wagon to LVP, but then LVP's gone. Like she left the show. She's doing Vanderpump Rules. So what's Camille gonna do? Who she's gonna be friends with. And Camille said that her wedding, she didn't even want any of those bitches there. She said, and she said that production made her invite everyone. But then it was like Kyle was in your wedding. So what that leads me to believe is that production was like, we'll only film your wedding if. One of the women is in the wedding, and all the rest are invited. But it just seemed very thirsty, and insane. And I loved it. I need that. That's the kind of messiness that we need on a franchise like Beverly Hills. That's what it misses. And so, if Camille's going to be this way, bring her back. Give her a diamond. Give her an Emmy. Give her whatever she needs. Give her, her write her paycheck. And look, this is coming from someone. At the beginning of the Housewives of Beverly Hills season, I had been saying on this show on social media, I said. I don't get Camille. I never understood why they kept bringing her back. It always felt like for five seasons they've been having her in this weird friend role and she never seems to offer anything. But this season, I don't know, her wires got crossed and she offered us something. It was insane, but it was something entertaining to watch. And so I'm grateful. And here I am. I'm not a Camille Stan. I still think she's nuts (laughs) and I kind of don't like her, but I do like the entertainment of her. I do like the entertainment her. You know, that's how these shows are, right? Sometimes we hate these people, but we want to watch them. Sometimes we hate them and we don't want to watch them. Sometimes we love them and we want to watch them. Sometimes we love them and we don't want to watch them. These are levels. Barbara on The Real Houses of New York, I can't decide where I fit in with her. I do like her, now that we're at the end of the season. I am rooting for Barb a little bit, but part of me is rooting for her to not come back because I don't want her to be in this because she seems nice and she seems like a wonderful human being. And so I'm like, I don't think I want Barbara around because I love her and I don't want her to subject herself to this because then she'll turn into a monster like Luann. That's where I think I'm at with Barbara. I think I wouldn't mind if she came back in like a friend role again, but we definitely need someone new. Like, we need a new full time housewife on New York. Otherwise, I want the cast exactly the same. But I wouldn't mind if Barbara came around and did like a like a couple appearances here and there. You know, sprayed her tan on <laughs> on the sets, you know, popped in and out to just get her spray tan all over the sets. I wouldn't mind that. When they wiped off her spray tan. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, we're gonna talk about the Real Houses in New York. We open this week with more of Lou versus Ramona. Ramona says to Lou, I believe you're still drinking on the side. She says, You failed yourself. And Look, I think Luann did, and Luann doesn't seem to get any of this, right? No matter if we're talking about the drinking or her relationships with the other women, it just seems like Luann has a block in her head where she doesn't have any sort of self-awareness. And ultimately, that's my problem with Luann, and I just need her to understand some of this. Like, she doesn't seem to see how leaving rehab early to do a cabaret show was problematic for her sobriety and for her court case and I just I wanna like shake her a little bit and say, Luann, get it. Like get it. But I don't think anyone could shake her to get it. Later in the episode, Bethany said something alongside along the lines of, Lou has to be really hit hard to understand something. And it's true. You really gotta give it to her. And Ramona asked Luann at one point, Are you gonna drink after your probation? And there was like a pause and then Luann said, I'm gonna go take it day by day. And it's clear to me in this atmosphere, and then also I mentioned last week I saw in an interview, I believe that Luann's going to start drinking right away afterwards. And I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. It's just seemingly that's what she's letting us know. She hasn't outright said it. But you could tell by the body language, the pauses, and then her wording. I just think after this probation, she's got three months left, I think she's going to be back in the bottle. And I don't think that's a good thing. I'm not a doctor, but... I don't think it's a good thing. So right when she says that, though, we get a black and white screen. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? I I was so excited. Like When they change it up on us, when they do a new production thing, they change it up. I get so excited. And I saw a black and white screen. And it said Lou was given stricter probation after her relapse thing. I've never seen that happen. It was like three minutes into the reunion episode. They give us a new update. And look, I want these updates coming the whole fucking episode. That's how I think these shows should always work, both in the regular season and the reunions. I just want to see, like, fucking pop-up video on VH1. Let's just get the facts on the screen, (laughs) like, lose back in jail, and so we can catch up, because we know that these things are filmed in the past. So I'm calling on Bravo to do a pop-up video scenario. I know they do that sometimes when they re-air the episodes. I don't know if you guys have seen those. Like, usually the before a new episode they'll do like little pop-up facts. Well, I want that from now on. In the main episodes, I just want pop-up facts. Like Tinsley's got a lash line. I don't care if it's as simple as that. Just show me like some sort of pop-up fact. And I feel like that'll add a great interactive element to our shows. To our (laughs) show, love our shows. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to miss the Ronnie Women so, so much. You see, I get so excited talking about them. I love them. I love them. (laughs) I love him. But when they show that black and white on the screen and then show the update, you guys chills. Goosebumps, goose pimples, chills. Clutched my invisible pearls and I got in a fetal position. I just was (laughs) shocked. Shocked and bewildered and bedazzled. Anyway, then we cut to a random montage of just the women doing all sorts of things. We saw a lot of random fun throughout the season. This was a weird package where it didn't seem to have any main... um, theme. It was just kind of them having fun. We saw Melinda again. Andy asked Dorinda, how's it taken so so long to meet Melinda? And we all wondered the same thing. Where's Melinda been hiding? I know she came in dressed as Santa that one season, but we definitely need more Melinda. Please give us that, Bravo. Then Sonia talks a little bit about Tej. Uh, You guys, Sonia's relationship with Tej, who, according to social media, Tej had said he was hired as an actor. That's what he posted on like Facebook or something. And anyway, Sonia talks about Tej and she called him the wrong name again. She called him Tej or I don't know what the fuck she said. Teja. <laughs> she just called him some random name. She <laughs> agrees that she was inappropriate with him. She agrees that she should have been better, but then she says he's going to be her next intern. <laughs> She's like, Tej, Tej needs to get out too. We need Tej and Barbara to get out. Tej, if you're listening, I don't know that you're listening, but go get a job somewhere else. You do not need to be one of Sonia's free interns. Don't need to do it. Get another job somewhere else. We can find you a job. We'll get you on LinkedIn. Let's get him on LinkedIn or start a GoFundMe, whatever we got to do for Tej. I don't want him on next season because I want better things for Tej. I sure do. Anyway, then we talk a little bit about Sonia's drinking, and she said she didn't think that the Berkshires was a problem. She said her drinking in the Berkshires. Was not an issue. And Andy says, Well, what about like when you fucking held up that dog? <laughs> when you look like you were going to murder that dog? And Sonia's like, Well, I always do those things. And she's not wrong. She's not wrong. She does do crazy things that seemingly make no sense. But I think that was crossing a line with the dog and then the Morgan letters. And the fact that Sonia just brushed it off, like, I always do those things. It's like, Sonia, <laughs> Sonia, Sonorita. <laughs> Words of Luin. Senorita, we need you to have some self awareness. We need you to understand and get it. That maybe it's a problem to hold the dog up to your neck and act like you're going to split it in half. Not okay. Coco was not enjoying that. If the dog could talk, if we were in the movie Look Who's Talking Now, remember the movie where the dogs talked? <laughs> Do you remember that movie? Oh, the Look Who's Talking movies. When I was a kid, I loved them. And the last one was about a dog. One of the dogs was voiced by Diane Keaton. What's not to love? What's not to love, right? I had a baby uh, voiced by Bruce Willis, and then one of the dogs was Diane Keaton. Come on. Where are those kind of movies at, Hollywood? Where are those movies at? Anyway, if that dog could talk when Sonia was putting it up to her neck, then maybe that dog would have said, hey, Sonia, stop drinking. I think that's what that dog would have said. Anyway, Bethany says in Miami, she went through Sonia's purse, and she says she just found hormones. She didn't find any pills. Bethany said she went through the purse off camera. In the closet just to see because the ambulance had to come. And so Bethany had to look to see if Sonia had mixed something that was inappropriate. And that was really interesting to me. I know we always talk about how these women are actually friends off camera. And that's like something that you can tell that they're close friends. This is something Bethany just took on her own to do off camera. And these women love each other, they're there for each other. And I truly believe, I think, Greggy Ben is the one who said this online, but if these women, one of them, were to kill someone, I bet the rest would cover it up. They would be like the cast of Big Little Lies. They all have each other's backs, and that's what we like about it. What did you guys think of that Big Little Lies season two? Did everyone watch it? A little disappointing to me. I don't need more. It was enjoyable. Like I'm not, I didn't think it was so as bad as people were saying, but I don't know that I need more. I don't know that I need more. And that finale was just like a little snoozy, but it was great acting work. Laura Dern was amazing the entire season. Anyway, the season of Big Little Lies, spoiler alert, I don't want to... If you haven't watched the finale, don't listen to this next part. But at the end of Big Little Lies, all the women go to the police department, and we're led to believe that they're turning themselves in. Well, that's the difference between the Big Little Lies cast and the Rony women. I think the Rony women would never turn themselves in. I think if one of them were to do something like that, they would not turn themselves in. So I think that's the, the main difference. Anyway, Bethany went through Sonia's purse, found nothing, and there was a moment where they were talking about these pills and these hormones, where Lou said, everyone's talking over each other, and Lou said something about how she had inferred in the season that Sonia took maybe Xanax with alcohol, and then Lou said, well, we all take pills. She said, we all take pills. <laughs> My terrible Luann impression, I'm sorry. This is the last you'll have to hear of it, because we're done uh, with the season. But Luann said, off the cuff, we all take pills. And she probably did mean like Xanax and stuff, but it would seem like a weird kind of toned off thing to say. And I caught it. I don't know how many other people caught it. But I don't think I don't know that she meant like they take I don't know, ecstasy or Molly or something, but the way she said it was a little bit unnerving to me. Anyway, then we cut to a conversation of Ramona and her dad. And this was interesting to me because Ramona cried naturally. It didn't seem like Ramona was trying to push out a tear. Her dad came up and she cried different than I think we've ever seen her cry before. It was like real tears, real emotion. And she told us that she buries her emotions. <laughs> she said, I bury my emotions. She said, bury. And I couldn't tell if she was saying Blu-ray. Bury, bury my emotions. But she was not saying bury. She was saying, bury. I bury my emotions. <laughs> Ramona-isms are so fun. I will never get tired of them. I will never get tired of a Ramonaism. You know, sometimes when Teresa on Jersey says her things like ingredients, sometimes they irk me a little bit and I don't find them charming at all. But when Ramona does them, I find them charming every fucking time. Every fucking time. Anyway, as this is happening, we're having a conversation with Ramona and her dad. Ramona's crying real tears for maybe the first time in 11 seasons. Some of the realest tears we've ever seen on Ramona. Then Bethany chimes in to talk about her experience with her father and they compare and contrast their unique experiences growing up in very dysfunctional childhoods. It's a very serious conversation. Bethany's in tears welled up in her eyes. Ramona's in real tears. And Luann turns to Andy and says, What time is it, Andy? And Andy says, well, You know, we're in the middle of a serious conversation, Luann. And Luanne's like, I need to know what time it is. Andy says seven forty five seven o'clock or seven forty five, whatever. And then Luann says, "Oh shoot! i was supposed to blow in my thing. <laughs> this is the most inappropriate time. I know that Luann has to do that for a court ordered situation, but it did seem troubling that Luann was not at all paying attention to Bethany and Ramona and their their real tears. She was thinking about what time it is. It was just such a funny. I know she has to blow in the thing, but <laughs> what time? What time is it? And Andy." <laughs> Andy was making me laugh. He's like, well, we're in the middle of a serious conversation, Luann. Are you listening to anyone? Luann does not listen to anyone, I swear. She might as well be wearing AirPods the whole fucking reunion because she's not listening to anyone else. She only hears the words and thoughts in her own head. Men will come and men will go. Love yourself and Anyway, then we cut to Barbara. Barbara comes in and there's a ton of fucking construction puns. Andy was like, it's time to welcome a special guest, Lou's friend, Barbara. And then he just went off and rattled everything, about a hammer, a wrench, a construction site, a hard hat. It was like every fucking construction noun he could think of. They had it written on that teleprompter or those cards. And I swear to God, it was every fucking thing that's in a construction site he just mentioned. It was like he was playing I Spy at a construction site. It was just naming off hammer, tool, nails, wood. Like, Andy, enough. Cool it. Who was writing all them construction puns? Could they need to cool it? Take a step back. It's like a Mad Lib where they just were inserting construction puns. They didn't even make any sense. It's like, please welcome Barbara, nail, hammer, shed. It didn't make any fucking sense. It's like, enough. We don't need to be reminded that Barbara's in the construction business every time she's on screen. It's like, that's her only trait that she has a hard hat on sometimes. He's like, do you bring your hammer? Are you wearing your tool belt? And she's like, no, I'm like, in a fucking dress, you could see that. You could tell I'm not wearing a hard hat or a tool belt. We, We can all see that. Why do we have to talk about it? It was like, poor Barbara. I'm thinking, does she have to hear this everywhere she goes? Imagine if you had one trait that that's all people talked about everywhere you went somewhere. Someone's like, where's your hard hat? It's like, I'm not just wearing a hard hat. Sometimes people do that with gay people. It's like, I have a cousin who every time I see her, she asks me about Lance Bass. I know nothing about Lance Bass. I don't know the guy. I mean, good for him. I see him on Bravo every once in a while. But otherwise, it's not like he's a personal friend. And it's like, every time I see this cousin, they're like, what's going on with Lance Bass? Or do you see Lance Bass in that thing? Like, I'm supposed to be the expert in Lance Bass just because I'm gay. I mean, Barbara's got to deal with the hard hat shit every (laughs) every minute. I wonder, did Barbara get a fair shake this season? I don't know that she did. It was like, we didn't really learn much about her other than that hard hat shit. But... She didn't seem to get in the mix much. I do think in real life she's like a normal, stable, balanced human being, and so maybe that's why she didn't quite fit in. But then I wondered, like, was Bravo just not showing us enough of her? Maybe she would have fit in if we would have saw more of her. And then I think it was a weird situation that she wasn't a main housewife, but she was in pretty much every episode. She seemed to be more of a friend of than what is usually a friend of. And I have a theory about that actually. I think that Bravo's afraid of having these one season housewives. And so I bet you they filmed the whole season. This is just my theory. I have nothing to back this up, but I bet you they filmed the whole season and they realized there wasn't a lot from Barbara. Or maybe they realized that she wouldn't be someone who would want to stick around after one season or that the audience would want to stick around after one more, after one season. And so I bet you they were like, well, we're not going to make her remain housewife. Because she's probably going to be a one-and-done. And they've had so many one-and-dones. It feels to me like they're stopping the one-and-done thing. I noticed that on The Real House of Orange County. I felt like the reason Gina and Emily are back is because Bravo didn't want to have another one-season housewife. That's my theory. Who knows if it's true. Anyway, Barbara, she was here. And she had to deal with all of this. Barbara versus Dorinda. They replayed back that footage. We saw more of the Ramona not inviting Barbara out in Miami. We saw Barbara's hot mic moment with Luann calling her not a good singer. And as the clip package finished, Andy asked Luann, like, what's going on with you guys? And Lou says that Barbara's in the doghouse with And look, they play that footage of Barbara's hot mic with Carol when she said things weren't going to work out with Tom. Then they played that hot mic of Barbara at Luann's show saying Luann's not a good singer. And... These two things made Lou mad, but here's the thing. They were both honest to God truths. <laughs> Luann and Tom did not work out. Please don't let it be about Tom. It's about Tom. Barbara's telling the truth. Luann's not a good singer. Barbara's telling the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Countess speaking. We have arrived. And I don't think either of those instances were anything like that mean. The Tom thing was like maybe a little over the edge, but to be honest, one of her good friends should have said that to her or shaken her out of that relationship with Tom uh, from the beginning. So I don't know that we can fault her for it. But anyway, they all start talking about Luann singing. And Luann says, for someone who can't sing, I just got cast in Chicago on Broadway. So take that and shove it up your ass. That's what she said. So take that and shove it up your ass. That's what she said. And I could not believe it. It was shocking to me to hear this sentence come out of her mouth. First of all, we have to break this down. She's going to be on Broadway. And this is not Cinderella. We've had housewives go to Broadway to do Cinderella. We saw Nene Leakes do it. <laughs> A thespian of our time, Nene Leakes, we saw her on Broadway doing Cinderella. And I thought for sure maybe Lou would get to Broadway and do that Cinderella role that some of the other housewives have done. But I did not think she was going to get in Chicago. What is she going to do? Cell block tango? I mean, what is Luann going to do in Chicago? And if you're producing Chicago on Broadway, why are you hiring Luann? <laughs> no offense. I love Luann. But isn't it cheapening your show just a little bit? I mean, will I pay money to go see Luann sing Cell Block Tango? Sure. He had it coming. (laughs) I love that song. I mean, I guess if Maya could do it. (laughs) Justice for Maya. Remember Maya was in that, in the movie? Chicago movie? Anyway, um, Maya, actually Justice for Maya. I want to take a little moment to just recognize Maya. I don't know how old everyone was when Lady Marmalade came out. But I remember being a young middle schooler. And when Lady Marmalade came out, groups of four everywhere were assigning parts to each other. Christina. Some people got a Christina, some people got a pink, some people got a little kim, some people got a Maya. And those kids that were Maya, those are the true heroes of our time. Because those are the ones who, they weren't bold enough to be the Christina. They weren't edgy enough to be the Pink. They weren't aggressive enough with their lyrics and their raps to be a little Kim. They were just a Maya. But you know what? Those kids, I believe that they grew up to be the real heroes of our society. And Maya's also come out with great music throughout the years. My love is like, whoa, Case of the X. So with that, I would just like us all to take a moment to recognize Maya. And Maya, if you're listening, I apologize for comparing you to Countess Luann de Seps. Anyway, I do think that Luann should not be on Broadway. I think that that's a mistake. And she's already big-headed about it. And next season, we're going to have to hear her talk about fucking Chicago forever. It'll be like the Academy Awards season where Catherine Zeta-Jones and Renee Zellweger were up for awards. We're going to have to hear about Chicago more than that awards season. And I don't know that I could do it. And who else is Luann gonna play? She can't play Mama Morton, right? She, there's no way she's gonna play Mama Morton, right? She She's not gonna play Velma. Who's she gonna play? I can't imagine her playing anyone in that show. I love Chicago, but I do not see her as Mama Morton. Ooh, that's gonna be an interesting thing, and that's gonna be her whole storyline next season. We're gonna hear it coming all season. He had it coming. <laughs> Anyway, they all um, talk about Lou singing. Andy says, "What are the other ladies' impressions of Lou singing?" And the silence was deafening. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. And Luann doesn't seem to get it. Bethany said, "Do you think you're a really good singer?" And Lou says, "What's the issue with my singing? I just got cast as a singer on Broadway, and this is just so troubling, you guys." Luann does not see that she's a bad singer, and that's the problem with her cabaret which I loved and saw twice. It just she doesn't get it. Like She doesn't get that everyone there is there for the spectacle and for the laughter. And I actually thought on the reunion they were all being nice because they were all saying, well, you're such a good stage presence and you tell good stories. And I hate to be brutally honest right now because this might be mean, and I feel badly about saying this, but I actually think they go to see her or we go to see her because she has a terrible stage presence. I actually think she tells terrible stories and has terrible comedic timing. And I think that's why we go see it, because it's a fucking train wreck. So these people on the reunion stage, Andy and the girls, they were all saying, oh, well, Lou, you have good stage presence and you have a an X factor or whatever. And I actually think she has the opposite of that. And that's why we go to see her. Barbara said she saw her eight times. I thought you saw her cabaret show eight times. Is Barbara deaf? Can she not hear? Maybe that's why she wasn't getting in the mix with the girls because she couldn't hear what they were saying. She saw Loose Cabaret Show eight times and lost her hearing. <laughs> we need to get her checked. I saw it twice and that was enough. Taylor Armstrong, enough. <laughs> I had enough. Anyway, then uh, I had mentioned Bethany, like, wipe Barbara down because Barbara looked like she was just covered in that self tanner. She was covered in it. They called her the Tin Man, and Lu- or Ramona called her the Tin Man. Bethany showed the wipes and they were brown. They were completely dark brown. It was as if Bethany took a napkin to a tree and just rubbed it. <laughs> Imagine if you just turned the channel to Roni, and you saw Bethany sitting there with some wipes in her hand covered in dark brown. You would have thought she just wiped her own ass. I mean, you wouldn't even know that she just wiped down another cast member's skin. It was like she just wiped her own ass. That's what came off of Barbara, because of self Tanner. <laughs> you just tuned in. You would have no idea. It's like, what was going on on Barbara's tan? It was very tan. And I do want to say that Dorinda's tan was very aggressive as well. Dorinda's tan was very aggressive, and she got a hall pass. No one wiped her down. If she was a first-season housewife, somebody would have wiped her down. But I felt like Bethany at some point should have wiped Dorinda down too, because she was overly tan. They say Luanne needs to give Barbara a hall pass. Then Dorinda calls Barbara a big fat tune-up, her turn-up, or, turn up or what, what did she say? She's like, Remember that game in kindergarten when you look in a basket and there's one big fat turnip in there and you're the turnip? <laughs> Such a weird diss. What the fuck are you talking about, Dorinda? Like, there's some kindergarten game. Dorinda was coming up with some weird sayings this whole time. I know that Dorinda fancies herself as like a self help woman and she is. And I love my Dorinda. I love her. Queen, I can let you. But sometimes she fancies herself as like a Dr. Drew type. It's like these inspirational quotes. And I don't know, she was talking about a kindergarten game that I never heard of. (laughs) And it's was like, what a weird uh, metaphor to make, Dorinda. It's like, I remember when in first grade, I was playing 7-Up. And Barbara's like the person who didn't put their head up 7-Up or something. (laughs) What the fuck are you talking about, Dorinda? Called her Big Fat turn up. Anyway, then Bethany and Luann hug Barbara. Barbara cries a little bit. And we see a lot of humanity from Barbara. Barbara says, that's why I'm a good friend. Bethany told her, You need to get in the mix and you need to be vulnerable and show your truth. And Barbara says, Look, that's why I make a better friend. And she said it with tears in her eyes. It was a beautiful moment. Bethany and Luann hug her. And then Sonia's like, I gotta hug her. And as Sonia hugs her, she says, I did so many interviews about you. And that's <laughs> that's Sonia's way of apologizing, I guess. Then Ramona hugs Barbara and apologizes. I mean, this was a hilarious moment. It was like the whole fucking cast had to apologize and hug Barbara, because they were all acting inappropriately towards her. And we talked a little bit about Barbara's bisexuality, and Barbara said, if you want to call me bisexual, so be it. I wish these shows had better LGBT representation. I feel like our Bravo shows sometimes, you guys, it's troublesome. I don't know if anyone that listens to these recaps watches Vanderpump Rules, but Billy Lee recently had tweeted or or put on Instagram that she had quit the show next season. So I, I don't know, she might be in the beginning of the season, but she's done with Vanderpump Rules. And it worries me because there's no one else. I guess Ariana has come out as bisexual. But otherwise, on that show, we have such a little LGBTQ representation. It was nice that we had Billy Lee, but I don't understand why there's not more. For a network like Bravo that has such a large LGBTQ audience, I would just expect them to have more and better representation. And I feel that way about people of color, too. I don't understand why in 2019, our housewife franchises are segregated. You know, it's like Atlanta and Potomac have women of color, but then the other ones don't. Like, I don't understand this casting decision. And I know they are looking to just cast women that get along with each other in that gel and have good chemistry. But it still seems something seems weird to me about it all. And I love my Bravo. I'm not trying to be too critical about them, but I think it's okay that we criticize this a little bit because it's problematic. Potomac, though, you guys, ah, uh, you have to be watching Potomac, it's so so good. It's so so good. I mean, then Barbara leaves on The Real Houses in New York, she leaves, she's done, she was out for 15 minutes, and that's all we got of Barbara. She goes, then we get a package of Luann being just a big headed asshole, <laughs> it's just a full package of, of Luann being a big headed asshole. We're going to talk about that, we got to take a quick break here. Then we'll come back and we'll wrap up this reunion. Before we go to commercial, I want to say, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. Click become a patron for $4 more per month. You get access to all the bonus episodes. I'm doing one a month. Um, More importantly, the money helps to support the show. So thank you to everyone who's over there. I'm on Cameo. If you want a Cameo, cameo.com slash Danny Pellegrino. What else? There's t-shirts available. And has got to make some money somehow. So I got to give you all these links. <laughs> They're all in the episode description. So if you want any of these links, let's go to commercial. We'll come right back and we'll wrap this up. Now, That's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you, you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Yeah. Okay, so we see this clip package of Luann just being an asshole, big-headed asshole, and all the women watch. And I was thinking, remember the show The People Scout? I miss it. I thought that show was fantastic. But on this episode of The Houses in New York, the reunion, the women watch these packages. And we see in the bottom of the screen just a little square, and we see them watching the clip package, and we hear them commenting on the thing. And that's what I want on a TV show. I want a people's couch, or like a version of the people's couch, where it's just the Real houses New York women. They're commenting on whatever it is, whether it be their show or other shows. I just want to see the women in the corner of the screen. I want to see Bethany, Ramona, Luann, Sonia, Dorinda, and Tens, just in a little square in the bottom of my screen. And I want to see them commenting on everything, no matter what I'm watching. Big Little Lies finale, or Euphoria on HBO, or, I don't know, Hollywood Game Night. Whatever the fuck it is, I want to see them commenting on I think it'd be great TV. It could be called uh, The Rony Couch, or I don't know. Uh, we can spitball that. Make that happen. I mean, they all watch this clip package, and Luann still does not get it. She says, the girls are jealous. And Bethany says, what did you just watch? Did you just see what we all just saw? And Andy says... Ladies, are you jealous of Lou?" And Andy was being so fucking shady there. He knew. <laughs> he knew he was being shady. That was like a fun Andy moment, and I applauded. It was such a funny moment he says, "Ladies, are you jealous of Lou?" And he knew what he was doing. Andy knows what he's doing. He's a smart man. He knew exactly what he was saying. <laughs> he didn't even laugh though. That's why Andy's a professional. He did not even crack a fucking smile. He said that line, "Are you jealous of Lou without even cracking a smile?" Oh, he's good. Bravo to Andy. Bravo, bravo. <laughs> anyway, then Dorinda says to Luann, they're all arguing. They're all arguing about whether or not Luann takes any interest in their lives or is she just concerned with herself? And Dorinda says to her, do you know where Sonia's daughter is going to school next year for college? Lou didn't know, you guys. She did not know. Everyone knew even Bethany. Bethany's got a hundred different things going on, a hundred businesses. 100 shows. She's probably filming something with Frederick as we speak. And she even knew where Sonia's daughter was going to school. Luann had no idea. Luann had no idea. And it was like, that was the mic drop moment to me. That was shocking to me. And all the women started shouting over each other. And Ramona kept saying, you don't pay attention to us. And whenever she was saying us, she was like, putting up her fingers and using us in quotations. Did you notice that? <laughs> Ramona's like, you don't pay attention to us. And I thought, why is she using quotes around us? I didn't understand. (laughs) It reminded me of Joey on Friends. Remember when Joey didn't know how to use that? (laughs) That was Ramona. Ah, loved it. I think Lou maybe has to go. I don't want her to go completely, but I think maybe she needs to be a friend of again. Like that one season where we knocked her down a peg. I think that we have to do that again. That's the only solution for next season. Otherwise, Lou's going to be insufferable talking about that Chicago business. He had it coming. (laughs) It's going to be insufferable, you guys. I don't know that I could do it. Andy then says, Lou's always been entitled. Has it been worse this year? But Andy says it through somebody else's question. So he reads it off a card as if somebody else asked it. But really, it was like Andy and the producers. They all say, like, this year has been worse. So Lou's always been entitled, but this year has been worse. Bethany says that Lou liked the fame that the rehab, that the arrest, that it all brought to her. And this gets really dark to me. They all agreed. It seemed like they were all unanimous in this decision that Luann thought she got super famous from the arrest, and she liked it. And then Luann says she got dealt a bad hand. But I thought Luann didn't get dealt a bad hand. Like, she made poor decisions on her own. I don't like this idea that Luann was dealt a horrible hand in life, because all of these things are a result of Luann's decision-making. I mean, assaulting a police officer, that's not you getting dealt a bad hand. You went into somebody else's hotel room, and they had to call the police, and you had to be escorted out of there. And then you assault the police officer. I'm sorry, but that's not life dealing you a bad hand. Even the Tom situation, everyone warned her before she got married. Please don't let it be about Tom. It's about Tom. And she still said, well, I'm still going to do it anyway. So that's another decision. Like, yeah, your marriage ended in a quick divorce, but that was your own kind of doing. And maybe that's the kind of tough love that she needs. And I feel even hateful for saying that because I do like a lot of Luanne I feel like I'm always so hard on her lately but I just don't like the idea of her saying like oh this is just the universe giving me a bad hand it's like no there's plenty of other people around the world that have been dealt bad hands people dealing with illnesses that just come about for no reason or whatever have you whatever happens to people's lives like everyone has shit that they're going through but these things that Luanne is talking about that she's going through are things that are brought on by her own decisions Anyway, then they all sort of make up. Lou says she has trouble showing gratitude. Everyone agrees. She eventually kisses Bethany's ass. Apparently, Sonia bit Bethany's ass in Miami. I don't remember that moment. Maybe I just forgot it. You know, some of these things slip out of my head. But Sonia apparently bit Bethany's ass in Miami. They talk more about that Miami trip, though. And Bethany says that she started filming three weeks after Dennis died. And that just kind of put certain things into perspective. I think Bethany losing it, especially at that Miami dinner, she was just having a rough go. She was having a rough time. Anyway, then um, let's see. Bethany says that Luann needs to get whacked to get things like we had mentioned, and that's totally right. They all forgive Lou. Dorinda cries. Through Dorinda's tears, she says, I want to help you get to the finish line. She was pushing that tear. Dorinda was looking for a moment, and I love Dorinda, and she got that moment. She earned it. She earned it. So then they go to one more final commercial. Everyone gets up. Ramona's legs were asleep. Ramona's legs are always fucking asleep. She got restless leg or something. They're always asleep. Wake them up. Why is is Ramona's legs always asleep? Every reunion for 10 years or 11 years, Ramona's like, my legs are asleep. Wake them up, Ramona. Why do they keep falling asleep? No one else says that. I don't think I've ever heard another housewife say their legs are asleep. But every time we're on the reunion stage, Ramona's like, legs asleep. My legs are z (laughs) Like, Ramona, wake it up. Wake up. Wake up. Then Ramona says, can I get a snack? She wants a snack. But then we come back from that final commercial. They all take virgin drinks, and they all agree that it would be more delicious with vodka, but they do seem to like them. Then Andy plays a game. It wasn't really true. that Dare. It was Andy saying, say one thing you said or did that made you cringe the most. So Sonia says Raj, something about Raj, Raj, or Raj, and everyone on that stage and me at home we were all looking like what the fuck is she talking about and then it all clicked it took us all 10 seconds after 10 seconds it all clicked with us we thought oh she's talking about Tej she still doesn't know his fucking name she called him Raja or Raj I was like Sonja Sonorita." and then she said I made him googleable well she did that anyway Ramona says that she regrets that comment about Dennis Dorinda says she wugwets did you catch that she said I wugwet No, I (laughs) wigwet. Some people say I don't know if you've listened to Dorinda's tagline much this season, but some people say that if you listen hard enough, you could hear Dorinda saying, "If you have a problem with me, it's really not my problem." (laughs) Listen again, she says, "Problem," and in the reunion, you guys, I heard her say, "I (laughs) get She's got a Elmer Fudge cadence to her. Elmer Fudd, she's had an Elmer Fudd cadence to her. Dorinda, she said, "I woke wet and I got a (laughs) problem." Or Barbara, Barbara Walters, and look, I shouldn't be laughing at a speech impediment. I do. I have problems too. People DM me, and they say I say things funny sometimes, and I apologize. You know, we all go through our things. When I was a kid, I had to go through speech therapy. I remember going to speech therapy as a kid for years, and I, I had trouble saying my Rs. Some people say when they listen, they can hear my A's, like my Cleveland A's, my cat, cat, or maybe I'm a little, my Chicago, when I was Chicago, Chicago. Anyway, Dorinda said that she (laughs) wugwets. Oh, it made me laugh, you guys. We got to laugh at these shows, these precious moments where we get to laugh at our shows. We're not going to have this next week. I'm going to miss them so much. I wugwet that we're not going to have them next week. (laughs) Then Tinsley says that she wugwets. Sobbing at the circus. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm not able to stop saying that now. Now I'm gonna be saying Wigwat the rest of my life. Uh Bethany Wogwet's the daughter comment that she made regarding the art in Tinsley. Then Luann, when it got to Luann, I was like just waiting for her to say that she has no regrets, but she said she felt bad about uh, something she said to Bethany, and then they all cheers and they do a toast. It was an AA prayer that they did as the toast, which Andy called out, and I wasn't sure. I was on the fence. I was like, is this inappropriate or not? I'm not sure. I still don't know. And I guess it's a beautiful prayer. So it must not, I mean, it's not really, but was it a little inappropriate? Maybe, maybe not. I don't think it was. It's a beautiful prayer. God grant me this serenity. It was a beautiful thing. But then Luann ruined it by saying life's a cabaret. She said it one more time before the cameras quit rolling. That was it. Anyway, that was a wrap. That's the last episode of The Real Houses in New York. I'm going to miss them so much. So many great moments this season. I think Tinsley really came into her own. I think Luann was really insufferable, but it was great TV. That Miami trip was one of the best. Truly one of the best Housewives franchise trips we've seen. It's right up there with Scary Island, Cartagena. I mean, I don't know. It'll take some time away from it to know where it stacks up. But I do think it's up there. That Miami trip was amazing TV. So it was a great season. Overall, I'd give it about an A. I think last season was an A-plus flawless. This season was definitely an A. Great TV, but not as good as it's been. Potomac, you guys, is having an A-plus season. I just want to say that right now. If we're doing letter grades, Potomac's an A-plus. Anyway, that's the episode. I love you all so much for listening. We're going to do a little cool down and just collect our thoughts and think about I love you all so, so much for listening. Be kind to one another, and let's all take a deep breath in. Let's hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Think of something you wugwet. Breathe out. (laughs) Now, sometimes we hold on to our wugwets, and I just want to say that we have to let them go. It's not good to hold on to wugwets. I think sometimes we have to give ourselves some leeway, forgive ourselves, and move forward and think about the future. I love you all so much for listening. Have a great day. I'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Oh, we'll be back next week with a Southern Charm update. I should say this. I know I said I was letting you go, but we have to figure out what we're doing because I don't know what we're recapping. I think I think we're going to do Southern Charm in Dallas, so I think we might start having one episode a week. we got to figure it out, um, but we'll figure it out. We'll talk next week. I love you. Bye-bye. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories so much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made